0: Hey everyone, before we get into the show this week, I want to share a few updates. First of all, thank you for people who have been purchasing from our over the last few months. It's been really appreciated and a a boost that I I just personally needed. So thank you very much. I also want to share, I actually have a new product that's out and it is a t-shirt called I Wish I Was a Real Person and theme of it is surrounding just sort of the exclusion of certain voices and certain people from art history and design history and just my take on how to visualize that that missing piece that I feel should be highlighted more regularly and, you know, with the recent Black Lives Matter movement, it seems like that's happening and it's appreciated. I also want to give a shout-out to Dalhousie University for featuring me in their We Are Dal campaign. So they take students, staff, I think alumni as well, and do like a a brief sort of interview slash uh, talk with uh, each one of the participants and give a not necessarily talk about what they do in their day jobs or at their roles at Dalhousie, but talk about who they are as humans and taken from the same concept of humans of New York and they highlighted some things that I've actually never shared and talked about that much and we talk about my interest in martial arts a little bit. So uh, make sure you check out weare.dal.ca if you want to see the piece that they did about me and see the wonderful photos that were taken. And um, yeah, the, the big thing that I want to talk about, though, is so for the past year, a little bit over a year now, I've been releasing this podcast once a week. And one thing I've noticed now that I'm starting to get a little more movement with the business And I'm starting to see other things happening. I don't really have time to edit and and put the show together as often as I would like to. Because I'm struggling to find time to do the other things for the business. So as a result, uh, I decided that I'm going to start releasing the show every other week instead of once a week. And that will give me more time to actually focus on the primary aspects of my business, which is designing, creating art, fulfilling orders, all of that other stuff. And the podcast isn't going anywhere. I'm still going to be interviewing creatives. I still have a ton of people that I've interviewed and haven't released the episodes yet. So that's still all going to continue to happen. It's just not going to happen on a weekly basis to give me more time to uh, do other things actually <laughs> so yeah uh, thank you for your patience and thank you for all of your support and listenership over the last year and a bit and um, I'm looking forward to continuing to share more dope creatives with you I hope you enjoyed the episode with Shannon What a artists? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm the creative director and founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. This is the Art Pays Me podcast, and I'm passionate about finding ways that people like you and me can make a living for ourselves off of our creativity. And, you know, maybe we can make the world a better place at the same time. Let's get into it. Welcome to Art Pays Me. Today, we have Shannon Ellis. Shannon, what do you do?
1: I am an artist.
0: All right. So, and, and where are you currently based?
1: I am in Halifax right now. Uh, originally from Cape Breton, but living the dream here in California.
0: Yeah. What part of Cape Breton are you from?
1: North Sydney.
0: North Sydney.
1: North Sydney. Are they, as they <laughs> say in Cape Breton, North Sydney? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. I love that Cape Breton accent uh, it comes
1: out uh, and I apologize in <laughs> advance
0: <laughs> actually we might be hitting up the highlands at some point in this summer so oh, yeah d-
1: you won't be disappointed you know my mother has a bed and breakfast you know if you need a place to stay
0: oh really mm-hmm. ah, okay what you want to shout it out in the show
1: Certainly, uh, right. my mom owns Chambers Guest House Bed and Breakfast in North okay. Sydney. All right. It's a fabulous place, and she's an amazing cook. So, if you're ever in Cape Breton and need a place to stay, check it out.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, we're gonna do the the old camping thing. Hit up a oh, provincial yeah, that's, park, that's, probably. Yeah, but um, yeah, I uh, I love I love the Highlands. It's super. It's like one of the most beautiful places I've seen in Nova Scotia. Anyway and uh it's crazy
1: there's a a deal on right now i think two for one to get into the park
0: yeah i think i saw something like that actually um anyway i haven't quite figured out when we're going to go yet but uh yeah hopefully soon and that's the first time i saw moose in the wild so i'm I'm like i love spotting animals so i'm like i just want to see another moose
1: they're everywhere (laughs) up there and bears (laughs) Lots yeah, of
0: uh, bears. <laughs> I'm excited about that too. I love, I just love wildlife. Like in Bermuda, there's no animals. It's just like oh. the, the most wild thing you'll find is a lizard. But other than that, there's no squirrels or raccoons or anything like that.
1: <laughs> oh, you're in for a treat then because you're, you're heading out into the wild, just like the television show.
0: <laughs> like... <Right. laughs> yep, Yep. Cool. So when you were... So you're an artist you um you do a whole wide a range of it's hard for me to tell sometimes because of the the software that we have these days is it digital paintings or i know you do some on canvas as well
1: oh um if it is capable of being drawn on chances are i drawn um i absolutely love digital art so i do a lot in that photoshop um but that's where you see a lot of my fan art I just Mm -hmm. sort of like playing around in Photoshop and my Wacom tablet. But I do a lot of traditional stuff too. Watercolor and oil paints. Um, Oil paints are my favorite. Uh, I do use a bit of acrylic, but not a big fan of acrylic.
2: Mm.
1: And my big kick right now is taking vintage oil paintings I find at flea markets and painting on top of them and turning them into really crazy things. Um, My most recent one was adding a Star Trek shuttle and some away teams on a beautiful landscape 70s painting I found and Uh, yeah cool it turns out pretty cool and they seem to be pretty popular so I've been getting a lot of people asking me to to do those so I've been stocking up on the vintage oil paintings lately.
0: Uh, Okay I didn't realize that that was part of your process and it's it's actually a brilliant idea because I love those little pop culture references popping up into what it's traditional work.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm stoked. I just got a commission to do one from fallout, the video game. Yeah. So I'm going to turn this pristine mountain landscape into a radioactive wasteland and I'm stoked.
0: Nice. 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 Yeah. (laughs) So what, um, what drew you to sci-fi like that?
1: Oh, I think I've been a nerd since I came out of my mother, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) Um, Uh, the, The movie that started it all, I think, was The Last Unicorn. It's a very old cartoon. It's pretty popular even today. A lot of people know about it. Um, But I believe it was half animated in Japan. So it was actually my first um, exposure to like Japanese cartoons, which is a whole other kettle of fish. And we can go down that road if you want. (laughs) But um, yeah, so I've always been sort of drawn to fantasy. Mm. And then that morphed into Star Trek, and I mean, you name it, I just it's in my blood. I can't help it. I don't know. love mm-hmm. it
0: <laughs> okay, nice and Ooh. um i we I will like to dig into that uh, yeah, that's my favorite, and I, I just love Japanese stuff
1: <gasps> do uh, you I didn't know that
0: well, yes, I do We can
1: chat about that all day, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but let's take it back. I first met you um through Allison Knott, who was a previous guest, and you were involved with East Coast Creative Collective, and now you're with, that has now become Creative Kick. So um, what's your role with Creative Kick?
1: I'm on the steering committee. So I basically it, just, um, anything Allison needs extra, uh, we def- I help her out with that. We, um, I do basically the door when we're, there's a Creative Kick event and greet everybody when they come in. Um, chat to people about, you know, their art and, and sort of get the ball rolling. I I like to think I bring a bit of energy to it, too. I mean, mm-hmm. Allison is the most energetic ever and like <laughs> the best person in the universe. But yeah, uh, I think the two of us com- with our powers combined, we we are a pretty amazing duo. So yeah. I love being a part of Create a Kick. I love that it's even a thing yeah. in Halifax. It's so huge and it it saved me when I needed it. And I'm just so grateful to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. So are you a self-taught artist or did you go to school?
1: I went to NSCC in Tarot and I have a degree in animation. Animation. Yeah, 2D animation. And uh, we dabbled a little bit in 3D, but it was relatively new in 1999. So we didn't do a whole lot of that. Uh, But yeah, it uh, basically, as soon as I could pick up a pencil, I was drawing and I... I knew it was always something I had to do. I love it. I think if I didn't draw, I'd die a little inside. So mm. art, art I just knew art was a thing from the minute I could draw, I guess, pick up a pencil.
0: Yeah, so what uh, What software were you using in 3D? I, I messed with Cinema 4D a little bit back in the day.
1: Uh, we used Maya.
0: Maya, yeah. We,
1: yeah, <laughs> <See>. <laughs> on silicone graphics computers, like old school, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think it was the first release of Maya, actually, although I don't know, there might have been one before that, but yeah, Mm -hmm. it was fun. I did, uh, my closing uh, animation was a whale, but it was underwater, and at the time, there wasn't a bunch of presets to do lighting, so -hmm. you had to actually do it yourself, and it surprised me how much math was involved for 3D animation. (laughs)
0: Crazy, isn't it?
1: Oh my god, like, and math is not my strongest point, so... Yeah, I didn't dabble too much in 3D after that discovery, but the 2D portion of the, the course was like a complete joy. I had a ball.
0: Yeah. I I did an animation course too. And I because I sort of had a have a, a fascination with the comics, the, the Japanese ones in particular, and I wanted to be a comic artist at one point. I um I loved the 2D aspect, but then I also really did enjoy the 3D stuff, but but it was just so insanely difficult. It was I couldn't I couldn't get over how much time it took to create like the smallest little thing, and then to animate it on top of that. Was, and you said like lighting, and mm-hmm. it's a real science. And that's why when they when these Pixar animations come out, they're like, oh, we spent three years working on it or whatever. That's why.
1: Oh my God! Yes, like the the. 3D animation today, I will never not appreciate the work that goes into these films. And yeah. compared to the way they were, I mean, the first one that I that was around when I was in school was the Toy Story, yeah, one, the first one. And even that was groundbreaking at the time. But if you were to compare that one with anything that they're putting out now, it's, it's ridiculous how amazing and skilled you have to be to make it look like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, after my two, three years of college, I definitely appreciate how much work goes into that
0: yeah yeah uh, so the other thing that I found interesting about you is crows what, <laughs> what? <laughs> like most people don't like crows but one thing when I you know I, I met you and started following your work and everything there's this topic of crows kept coming up and most people don't like crows so what, what's up with that what are you fascinated by them
1: I can't imagine anyone not liking crows. I mean, they're the most intelligent birds in the bird world. But um, what started it was, uh, to be perfectly honest, there was a brief gothic phase in my youth. Mm. So that, you know, I've always had a fascination with the beauty of crows because of that. But I started walking to work and there was a crew of crows on my route. And it's the same route that I've been, I mean, I work at the same company for 15 years. So, I mean, I've been walking that route for a while yeah. and a um, couple of years back, I decided, you know, I'd, i really like to befriend these crows. Uh, there was a documentary that uh, David Suzuki did called uh, a murder of crows. Actually, I believe don't quote me on that. And it was all about the study that they did in uh, Seattle where they wore masks and, um, tried to test how much uh, the crows recognized faces mm-hmm. and whether they shared that to their offspring. So if somebody came and was a threat, uh, would they pass that knowledge down through a generation? So the buddy wore the same mask uh, and the first year he tagged a bunch of babies and then a year later came back to do the same thing and he wore the same masks and the babies knew who he was. Wow. So the parents had told you know pass that, that knowledge beware of this person. So the facial recognition is a generational thing mm-hmm. so, you know that they they tell stories to their offspring and they're extremely intelligent and When I started feeding them I didn't really realize how intelligent they actually were and by forming this bond with this one crow in particular. It just blew my mind and This year very recently. I just got introduced to their new babies. They have two mm-hmm. baby crows and normally if you go near a crow that has a fledgling in the ground that's learning to fly or whatever they will dive bomb you they will attack you like don't go near their kids um this time of year they're everywhere and you'll recognize a baby crow by their blue eyes Mm -hmm. and they look very disgruntled like their feathers haven't all come in yet so they look like they just woke up from the best nap ever Mm -hmm. um if you see a baby crow don't approach them but the beauty of befriending crows is that I got introduced to the babies. So I was there with them and they came over and I fed them and which is like the most incredible experience ever when you've spent, you know, five, 10 years trying to befriend these crows. And now all of a sudden they really like you. So yeah, they're just, they're, they're amazing. I'm fascinated with them and I can talk about them all day long.
0: (laughs) I didn't. Okay. So I, I never had a particular problem with them. I was mostly indifferent, but I'd say once once I got to be grown and had to put trash out, <laughs> is when I started to realize how smart they are. Because <laughs> I remember one day, uh, I noticed that they had started to pick up my trash when I left it out. So it's like, how do I pre- how do I prevent this? How do I prevent this? And um, I went into the house, put a bag out. And I could see them watching me from a distance. And I was like, mm-hmm. are they waiting for me to put the trash down? Went back to get another bag and a crow swam, like swooped in, picked up the trash. And I was like, they are really watching me. Like, and um, mm-hmm. like I was using all these strategies to, to kind of get away from them or uh, find out how to cover it up and stuff like that. They just always managed to know and they would time it so that just i'd be just out of reach so i was like okay okay i see ended up just having to buy a trash can. but <laughs>
1: <laughs> well ur- urban crows uh the crows in new york actually know when the garbage trucks go in different neighborhoods and they okay. basically migrate around based on when trash day is and um, some crows in japan even know when to cross the road when the light is green Really? like they they sit there and wait for the light to change before they they cross the road, and they drop things on the sidewalk to sort of like break them like fish or whatever um like clams or mussels or and they drop them specifically so a car will run over them and crack them open and then wait for the light to change to go out and grab their meat and then go back to the sidewalk like they wow. They're so intelligent. Some people say they have the same intelligence as a seven-year-old human uh, as far as their brain capacity and size in their body is. And I mean, when they're looking at you, you you know, it's like Jurassic Park. They are figuring stuff out.
0: That's exactly it. That's what I felt like. I know it seems like, oh yeah, they just wanted to track, but they were literally staring at me. I could feel it. I could feel they were watching what I was doing. And it was the same one or two. It wasn't like just random crows It's the same ones that watch me every trash day.
1: You must've put something tasty in your trash once and they recognize Uh your face. So now when they see you, they're like, (laughs) maybe he's going to put something tasty in there again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I saw you did a piece on Sailor Moon. Was was that your favorite of the Japanese animation?
1: That's the one that had the most impact. Definitely. Okay. Uh, It came out on YTV in the nineties. And it was before I, like, apparently I've been watching anime for a very long time before I knew what anime was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like Astro Boy and things were on TV when I was little and obsessed, right? But no idea that it was Japanese per se Uh until Sailor Moon came out. And I knew that the English version we got was not the same as it was in Japan. There was a lot of editing. There was a lot of uh, things taken out that shouldn't have been Mm -hmm. Um, way before its time. Mm -hmm. So I spent a small fortune getting bootleg VHSs from Japan so I could see the originals, Sailor Moon in Japanese. Cool. um, But yeah, that started the obsession. It actually was what convinced me to go into animation because I really wanted to to bring something like that to to people at the time.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Now I just do it with my art. But yeah, Sailor Moon was a big deal for me. It still is. I'm so happy that I'm 40 and I'm still like, look at these Sailor Moon pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so proud. My 20-year-old self would be super proud of myself.
0: Yeah. I, I used to love Sailor Moon. and um, Oh,
1: yay.
0: I mean, yeah. I, I, I was, <laughs> Mars was my favorite, I think.
1: Mars was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I have a in my closet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's bad.
0: It's, yeah, I, I didn't get that deep. Um, I didn't have a, like, tuxedo mask uh, costume or anything.
1: Oh, that's too bad. and missed opportunity, my friend. You should definitely. But, yeah, yeah. no, I had, I had to be Sailor Myers. so.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, the brunette, I mean, it just makes sense.
1: Yeah, um, well, I didn't have to buy the wig. I was Sailor Moon, too. I okay. did do the Sailor Moon thing. And I, I do love Sailor Moon. Her personality is more me. Mm-hmm. But Sailor Mars is just she's badass. She uses fire. I love her.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, another thing, you know, I was actually wondering, do you? So you said you you've got commissions. I do. Time? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you ever so, actually? And another thing, are they? What size are your pieces generally? They seem like they're small.
1: Some of them, well, the vintage oil paintings can be massive. I had okay. one that was almost a meter long. Um, it depends on what painting I find and what people want on it. So I usually have a stockpile of vintage paintings.
2: Yeah.
1: So if somebody PMs me or DMs me, I guess it's called now, and asks if I'm interested in doing something, I'll pose, would you like a vintage redo first? Because mm-hmm. it's most, pe- most people's budgets are, you know, like a full-fledged painting from the beginning can be a little more expensive than say just adding some things to a painting that's already done.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, plus, it's fun. You get you know you play around, and at the end of the day, it's 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 what you want. If you want something nerdy, it ends up being nerdy. So it depends really on the size of the canvas that I'm using and what mm-hmm. the commission is to determine how much it'll cost, mm-hmm. how much stuff goes into it. I'm not really. I have a full-time job, so I I'd like um, I'd like to sort of level up my commission and my art skills a bit mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, do it professionally. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for now it's just sort of something, if you need a commission by all means, if I have time to do it, I will do it. Yeah. You know, I love painting. I'm painting all the time anyway. So I might as well be doing something for you if you want mm-hmm. something done. Right. Like, yeah. so yeah, but they're all different, uh, different sizes. It also depends what canvases are on sale, I guess at Michael's. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. Gotcha. Do you ever uh, do commissions um, for like in a commercial context for like the, your digital artwork?
1: I've never been approached for one of those yet, no, but I'm open
0: oh, that's <laughs> for the possibilities. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, because I could see your work fitting really well in those kind of situations.
1: Uh, oh man, if someone needs a CD cover or something. I mean, definitely give me a message for sure. Okay.
0: okay. <laughs> And you have um, Star Wars is, seems to be another thing that you're into.
1: Definitely, yeah. I was into it before it was cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I remember being eight years old and my parents were like partying or something. So you know how mm-hmm. the parents put you on the couch with a movie and they go off and do their own thing. Um, I was plunked on the couch in front of Star Wars A New Hope. Okay. And it, it changed me. I came mm-hmm. out of that like, what did I just watch? Who is Princess Leia? Where can I get more?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And thankfully, by the time I watched A New Hope, there was, the second movie was already out. So I didn't have to wait long for the sequel, unlike yeah. the original folks that had to wait the three years. Yeah, um, But yeah, it, I don't know, something in that spoke to me. Uh, Princess Leia, definitely, because back in the day, there wasn't a whole lot of female leads so -hmm. to speak there wasn't a lot of you know unless they were wearing a bikini they weren't really on the screen too much but Princess Leia she whipped out a gun she was like out of the way for a ball she had it you know there was no arguing with her I loved her from the beginning and I had a strange obsession with Darth Vader I don't know it Mm -hmm. wasn't until much later that I learned that it was James Earl Jones Mm -hmm. that was his voice but I mean that voice when I was a kid I'm like that is awesome Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just it it definitely influenced me and you can see it in my art even today. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean you had that goth phase and Darth Vader's kind of gothish. That
1: that might have started the goth phase. <laughs> that, that that contributed for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think every nineties person went through a small, if not, you know, big goth phase during that time. It just it was inevitable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Star Wars was another thing that I was really into too. I, I more identified with uh, Luke being kind of the underdog and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and you have uh, an illustration of Kylo Ren and Ray that I see or painting, I should say. Is, was that digital or was it a painting?
1: That was digital. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, um I, Saw the movie and that particular scene is what moved me the most. Mm -hmm. So I had to draw it. It's just basically a screen cap right from the film, and I just drew that in Photoshop and hoped that it turned out. And Mm -hmm. because Adam Driver has a very unique face, yes, he does. To capture his likeness is really difficult. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to do, and it was great practice. And I just hope people like it.
0: Yeah, I think you did a great job. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I was wondering how how you feel about how that scenario played out with uh, with those two.
1: Well, I definitely shipped the Raylo a little bit, mm. so I kind of wanted them to be together. I think yeah. it was—I I don't know—I'm I'm always for the antagonist a little bit. I always have a little bit of weakness for them yeah. <laughs> for them, but um. Plus, he's almost a little bit gothic himself. So, I mean, yeah. that was swoonworthy. worthy I'm like, Ray, what What are you even thinking about this? Look at him, man. Look <laughs> at him. But he was a jerk, and I totally get that. I mean, he he wasn't the nicest person, and I, I certainly wouldn't recommend every lady to go for Kylo Ren's in the world. I mean, but I think it the whole dry, dyad in The Force and all that was just... I liked, I think they could have done a lot more with it. Mm. Um, it seemed a little rushed. Um, I mean, I know there was three whole movies, but it's just the, the, the contrast from the first one and the, the other two. And I'm talking about the new movies, right? Like the, yeah. the Force Awakens and the ones with Ray and Poe and them.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, the first one was fantastic. The second one, it definitely increased the Reylo swooning a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know, the whole uh, fight scene at the end with Ray and Kylo was epic. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a whole trend on Twitter when they set that to music and I don't know if you saw that, but it was brilliant and I Mm -hmm. highly recommend that you look that up. Um, But yeah. And then when they went to the third film, like what are they going to do with this? Is it, you know, everyone had their speculations like no, Ray's not going to go for Kylo Ren. Why would she? Mm -hmm. And then there was the, Oh my God, she better or I'm just done with star Wars. And then, yeah, I loved her um, growth as a character. I loved mm-hmm. that they picked a female to be the new lead, mm-hmm. the new Jedi. I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it was a fun film. It yeah. definitely entertained me for the two point five hours, and you know, every one of them I watched about three times so far. So obviously, they did their job. Yeah. So way to go, Disney.
0: And it it was it generated a lot of discussion too. So that I think an art piece should do that.
1: Yeah, there's discussion about you know how toxic Kylo was, but I mean, definitely I agree with that. But I mean, Mm. the man had a rough go of it. Like you know, plus he's half Sith, so coming back from that, the fact that he did it. Yeah. Props to Kylo. (laughs) Yes. 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 Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um. So in terms of like what you do do you find that you do you actively market yourself as someone I'd like ones? to
1: I'd like to be a lot better at that. Yeah. Um I don't feel I market myself as a you know as well as I should for sure. Mm-hmm. I've got Twitter, I've got Instagram. Um I've got a website in the works. I've had the domain paid for for 2 years so that tells you something. So, <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> It is. It is ha- happening. Um, my dream is basically uh, to, to get myself in Cape Breton and hopefully be able to do this full time. Okay. It's really difficult to maneuver my job and art at the same time.
2: Yeah,
1: um, because art is my passion. It's where my heart is. I love my job too, mm-hmm. but I mean, when you work for eight hours a day, the last thing you want to do is like dive into a twelve-hour oil painting after an eight-hour shift, and then. Uh, A lot of my job is talking to people, so usually at the end of a shift, I just like to tune everything out, play a video game, and not talk to anybody for about an hour until, (laughs) right? But yeah, so if it wasn't for the eight-hour job, I'd probably be a little more marketable, I guess, Mm. and have, you know, push myself out there. But I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. I mean, word of mouth, too. Yeah. So. I hear you yeah and
0: as a fellow day jobber uh, mm. it's <laughs> it gets challenging oh uh,
1: well, I'm not gonna be remembered for my day job. I <laughs> hopefully might be remembered for my art if so you know, so that's and that's where my heart is like ninety percent so mm-hmm. yeah, so that's my hope anyway
0: yeah i I get you, and um, I find too it's hard like when you like like i like my day job as well too so Mm -hmm. it's almost be better if you just like hated it or something
1: i know right if i hated my job this would be such an easy decision but i do love my job yeah i'm good at it i learned a lot from it it's technical so it keeps me on my toes so and if it actually if it wasn't for my job i'd be totally lost with technology today Mm -hmm. like i could build a computer back in the 2000s but now, Mm-mm. it's totally different now. So I'm glad my job keeps me on my toes in that aspect.
0: Right, right. Mm-hmm. What, um, actually, what games do you play? Uh, right oh,
2: now?
1: hmm. Uh, Bioware games, for sure. My biggest uh, obsession is Dragon Age.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mass Effect as well. Um, played the heck out of that. I'm embarrassed to tell you how many hours I put into each of those games, honestly. <laughs> So many hours. Um, if I can create and design a character in the beginning of a game and it, it's like an RPG, single-player, story-driven game, I am there. Uh-huh. Um, right now I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is unbelievable. It's okay. beautiful. And because I couldn't design my character, I was like, I'm probably not going to like this. But as soon as I dove into it, it's like you're immediately like in love with the main character. She's just, well, I'm playing the female version, but there's a male and female version. Okay. Um, but Cassandra's is just like the coolest character ever. So big props, you know, to the, the game studio. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's basically it. Mostly fantasy or um, story-driven RPGs.
0: So would you, oh, go ahead if you want to say something. Oh,
1: no, I was just, just going to mention Final Fantasy too. That was a big,
0: big thing. <laughs> lots okay. of
1: Final Fantasy. <laughs>
0: I never got into the RPGs, um, but it seems like they have become your for you, game playing is is a creative pursuit, then if you're that much into the character development part.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, with with Dragon Age Inquisition, there's a character creator. So you can basically design your own like hero of your own story. Um, the amount of time I spend in that character creator is embarrassing. <laughs>
2: Okay. Like,
1: yeah, like it, it's it's amazing. Anyway, I can't wait for Dragon Age Four. There's whispers on the horizon. There was images from um, the latest uh, Bioware update uh, release on Twitter, so yeah. I'm hopeful for a Dragon Age Four. Right. You won't see me for a very long time when that comes out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when you when, when I'm curious about this character creation, so do you cre- create? Uh, like a badass version of yourself, or do you create completely new characters every time?
1: 99% of the time, it's going to be like an elf with white hair that's a mage. Okay. (laughs) Just because that's the character in my head. Um, If I said if I was ever to write a story, it would be probably about an elf with white hair that's a mage, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, But it depends on the mood, really. I mean, if I'm creating an archer, then you know, she's probably going to have red hair and be badass and spunky or hmm. it's just fun. It's more, it's more the art aspect of character creation. I mean, yeah. you can't really change who the character is in the game. I mean, right. they are the, the, the protagonist, they have a story that they have to take regardless of what, you know, what you create, but yeah. it's just fun that you're given that freedom and all of a sudden it, it just puts you more in the game and more obsessed with, I use obsession because that's kind of what it is after, yeah. you know, 120 hours. Um but yeah, it's it's more the artistic aspect of being able to have the freedom to create something that's yours in a game that isn't yours and there's a little bit of yourself in there. So Right. Sets the imagination afire. Cool. Mm-hmm. So
0: let's let's talk back about uh creative kick a little bit. So creative okay. kick um you're getting various creative people from different organized, different like specialties, I would say, uh, together for live events? Which yeah, is, is uh, it's a,
1: yeah, it's a meetup for the creatively driven. I mean, yeah. if you are creative in any aspect in Halifax, you're a photographer, animator, uh, web designer, graphic designer, any, anything that, you know, you just want to get out there and meet up with other Halifax locals that are into that, and, you know, have some knowledge to share or to get you out of a creative rut. I mean, join, join one of our meetups. It's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, there's a giant bus going by. Okay. <laughs> it's too warm to close my windows. I apologize. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs>
2: um,
1: but yeah, no, uh, Creative Kick is, is is incredible experience. I highly recommend any artist in Halifax that hasn't gone to come out. Just check it out. Um, we have lots of uh, things going on speaking that come in that that are inspiring when you were there you were like absolutely perfect inspirational Thank you. and yeah like it was it I just love it I'm so grateful to be a part of it I can't tell you yeah when yeah when I first went it was um it was just I didn't know any other artists in Halifax I, I and I was just sort of blossoming into the whole getting back into art as I spent a brief period where I wasn't drawing at all and was kind of sad and, and wanted to meet other artists. And the minute I left that first meetup with Allison, it was like I was drawing the next day. Wow. So, wow. yeah.
0: Yeah, and I, I would second that. And I think we often, as artists, underestimate the importance of network and having that support community. And Creative Kit definitely seems to work towards helping that.
1: Well yeah, I mean artists, you spend a lot of time by yourself. I yeah. mean, within your own head and your own imagination. So you don't realize that other people are out there that, that are in the same boat as you. Yeah. And just just sharing ideas and bouncing, you know, creativity off one another, or even just, you know, what do you use? Photoshop. Oh, I use Procreate and and, and learning new programs even is something I would never give back. It's 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 definitely worth the experience. And you learn so much.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the
1: people in Halifax are awesome. Like they're so friendly.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a small city, but the creative community is, is vibrant. It's uh, you'll be surprised too. Like how influential some people's work is like beyond Halifax too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting.
1: Oh, so- Nova Scotia in general, it's just teeming with, with artistic people and creativity and inspiration it's hard not to be i mean look at look at our province it's beautiful here
0: yeah well you know what yeah that's true and i i, I have to remember not to take that for granted because you know when i am camping you you go along these trail um these, the roadside or whatever the case may be and you're all especially in cape brighton there's lots of like galleries and uh different merchant places where you can find art uh, that often reflects the uh landscape craft as well that that uh, reflects what's, what's happening in the culture. Yeah. You're
1: gonna see some, some amazing shops along the Cabot Trail. There's so many artisans down there. Yeah. Um, 10,000 10, hats. Or, no, sorry, so Inclined, Sew Inclined, S E W. She does period sewing. Okay. Um, so you can buy capes and hats and Victorian dresses from her, and she's along the Cabot Trail. She's amazing. Huh. But yeah, art is a huge thing. Cape Breton, Lunen, from Cape Breton to Yarmouth. I mean art is big in this province.
0: Yes, yes. So you have like what what I what kind of made me want to bring you on the show is you have a really high level of skill in your work. Oh, um,
2: thank you.
0: What what would you say? Like I'm trying to develop myself as a painter, you know, and you're working in oil. You said you don't like acrylic so much though. What why why?
1: Well, it's not that I don't like it. I mean, all art forms are wonderful. If you can create what's going on in your head, it doesn't matter what you use. But um, the reason I personally don't like acrylics that much, they're not that vibrant, in my opinion. They dry very quickly.
2: Yes.
1: Uh, And you need a lot of white with acrylic to actually get it going. You can't just paint acrylic right on a canvas because it's transparent. So... Like your reds uh, won't pop as much if you don't add the white. So it seems like you need all these colors and then you need this two liter bucket of white to make anything with acrylic.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but people like it because it, because it dries fast. So if it's your medium, I mean, I'm not knocking acrylic yeah. by any means. It's just not my favorite. Um, yeah. I find oils a bit like sculpting. Okay. So you, you can't really paint over it, but you can shape the oil. You can, paint thick so it, it has dimension you you know and depth and, and texture or you can paint lightly so it's just soft and and I don't know there's just something about oil that's so easy to work with. Um
0: yeah,
1: go ahead. Oh yeah no I was just gonna go into digital next but that's cool.
0: <laughs> okay. No yeah dig in, dig into digital
1: go ahead. Oh well digital yeah. you don't you don't have to wait for anything to dry. The okay. only thing you need with digital is a knowledge of the programs which you know, I'm blessed that I went to school and, and was learning Photoshop since Photoshop 7. Mm-hmm. So I feel very grateful that I had that opportunity. Yeah. But hey, if you want to come to Creative Kick Meeting and learn some Photoshop pointers, just come find me. I'll show you.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So the, the thing you brought up about the different paint styles, I've never painted with oil before. But some of the things you described are actually things that I keep trying to make my acrylic do but won't <laughs> like with the getting the more texture and more layers and and sculpting in a way on the canvas mm-hmm. but then I've always been scared because I heard oil is harder to work with because of yeah I don't know I don't know why but for some reason I'm just scared to I've been scared to touch oil oh don't be
1: scared don't yeah don't be scared <laughs> dive into it oil is amazing uh, okay. It's a bit more expensive as a medium. That's yes. my only drawback. But it is expensive for a lot of reasons because the pigment they use in it is really difficult to achieve. And it takes mm-hmm. a long time to make oil paint. Right. So I don't mind dropping a bit of money on oil. In fact, mm-hmm. I think most of my artistic budget goes to oil paints. But um, the other thing is brushes. You need a good brush. It's just yeah. like having a, finding, you know, the best pen in the world that writes perfectly. You need to have a really good brush for oil that you love.
2: Right.
1: Um, but once you get into the medium, you can use a palette knife if you want to create that texture you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend if you're going to start oil that you should start there. Stay away yeah. from brushes altogether and uh-huh. just create using, you know, a little palette knife, which you can get very inexpensive. And you goop that stuff on and then just drag it across your canvas.
2: Okay.
1: Um, you also need white with oil as well, but not as much. You don't have to mix white with all your paints like you do with acrylic. So uh, anytime you want to talk about oil painting, I'll I'll help you out. It's amazing. And um, it is easy to use. And if you make a mistake, you can just paint it's over fantastic. it, my friend. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> it, it's, I know. And that's the thing with all of this stuff, you know, like, the, and, and a lot of ways the mistakes end up making things more interesting too. So. True. I think it's just imposter syndrome that I won't just buy some oil paint and just play. But uh, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious because I I haven't really, I I never, I was never trained in oil painting or anything like that. I took some classes and we worked with watercolor, we worked with acrylic a bit, but I, yeah, I just never took that chance to to uh was
1: I. Yeah, yeah no nobody trained me professionally to do it it was just something i had to learn how to do right. um but thankfully I, I did have some artistic friends to show me the ropes
0: mm-hmm. yeah. so what, I mean, what do you what would you say then would be like advice for people like myself who feel like i don't have the talent or skill or want to develop my skill in in that meeting
1: I would say, don't wait till you feel like painting, dive into it, get Mm -hmm. yourself lost in it, play around with it, get yourself a couple of different canvases to mess around and make a mistake and throw away. Mm -hmm. Um, I would recommend dollar store canvases for just, you know, trying it out for the first time. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, don't wait, just get into it. Um, you're always subconsciously wanting to create as an artist. Anyway, you're looking Mm -hmm. around, you can't look at something without finding inspiration. So, Just put that color on the canvas and see where it takes you. The beauty of oil paint is that you can mix it, you can sculpt it, and you'd be surprised where it takes you. Mm. So, yeah, just try it. And if you have any questions at all, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'll be happy to help out anytime.
0: All right. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. So, um, with that said, do you have any things that's coming up you want to promote or anything like that?
1: No, i mean if you just definitely check out my instagram and you'll always uh, have fun vibrant paintings to look at every day also plenty of crow pictures
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the good old crows yes yeah, so, oh, yeah,
1: art, art and crows
0: <laughs> <laughs> actually drop your drop your instagram handle
1: definitely uh i am saradis that is s-a-r-r-a-d-i-s Um, That name is an old role-playing character name, so that tells you how nerdy I am. But yeah, my Twitter handle and Instagram are the same, so feel free to come check me out. Um, I'll be posting art all the time, so hopefully I inspire you too.
0: (laughs) Nice, nice. Yeah, I actually thought your name was Sarah when I first met you. (laughs) Oh, did you? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) It stuck. I mean, the best thing about using an old role-playing character's name is that that handle is never taken anywhere. Uh so that's why it stuck (laughs) yeah
0: cool all right well shannon uh this has been fun thank you for doing art pays me
1: oh my god i'm honored to be here thank you so much for having me
0: yes indeed thank you so much for listening to the art pays me podcast thank you to the beats for the theme music if you got anything out of this show please rate review and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on The more you do this, the more reach the podcast gets and the more artists I can help learn to make a living at what they love. If you want to know more about what I do, hit me up at artpaysme.com or at artpaysme on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. See y'all next time.